Hey there, and welcome to another episode of What the Bump. In this episode, Sarah is coming on the podcast to share her amazing, empowering, and incredible home water birth story. This last birth was extremely different than her two prior births, and she's now just so passionate about home birth. You can totally tell it through her story. Honestly, I don't think I've laughed this much in a podcast episode. Sarah just is hilarious, and the way that she tells her story is also just very funny. You'll hear a very common theme through Throughout it, as Sarah talks about just always wanting her makeup and her hair and her eyelashes done in every situation in every one of her births. But needless to say, she takes us through her home birth journey. She's now a huge advocate for home birth and just an advocate for women knowing their options because she didn't even know home birth was a thing. She didn't know what a doula was. She didn't even know what a midwife was. And it wasn't even until she started being required to wear a mask that she even thought of looking into other birthing options. So literally, we can thank COVID-19 and the mask mandate for Sarah ever even stumbling on to home birth, but let's listen to her story. Hello and welcome to What the Bump. My name is Jennifer. I am a labor and delivery nurse and a certified labor doula who is expecting my first baby this September. This podcast is created to inform and empower every woman on all of their options surrounding their pregnancy. Join me here every Monday at 9 a.m. as we dive into all things prenatal, birth, postpartum, and so much more. So let's jump into today's episode. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> well, I'm excited to have you. So starting off, tell me a little bit about how you met your partner and tell me a little bit about yourself and your family. Okay. So um, it's interesting. We're actually going into a crazy weekend for us because I'm currently the reigning Mrs. Charlotte and this weekend is Mrs. <laughs> North Carolina. Ooh. So we're um, in, uh, I'd call it tech week mode. It's just like, you know, BT dubs, as they say, everything is just going quickly, but, um, we have three children. I have an amazing, handsome, tall <laughs> husband. And I say tall because all my heels are normally five inches. Otherwise I'm like stuck in his armpit. So <laughs> I try to prop up myself whenever possible. Uh, we met, we're both preacher's kids and, um, my father was also in the military and, and we met one night at a bar and, uh, he hit on me and I said, no, thanks. And, um, then we, uh, I don't know, we, we wound up dating, but he was only in that city for three weeks. And I happened to meet him on his first weekend in that city. And then he moved to Argentina. And so we kept up a long distance relationship and then he came back and, uh, five years later we got married and then, uh, kind of just moved around and it's, we're very blessed and very lucky that over the last, gosh, we got married in 09. So over the last so many years, we've actually gotten closer, Yeah, you know, and, and this past, uh, February when we had birth for our, when he gave birth to our, our newest addition, our little girl, mm-hmm. um, it, it kind of cemented us because it was such a different experience yeah. that it, I, I don't think we've ever been as strong as we are now. And that's very, very cool to say. Yes. That's amazing. I love, like, I love that because, and that, you know, that's how it, I think it should be, you know, as time grows, like you guys become closer and you bond more. And it's almost like sad that, that, you know, that's not always how marriages work and they go, but that's amazing that you guys have that. And congratulations, by the way, on, Thank you. on you said Miss North Carolina. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, that's amazing. Congratulations. <laughs> I thought when you were saying like we were preachers, kids, I thought you're going to have like some, you know, church story about y'all meeting and yeah, no, no bar. <laughs> Perfect. We love it. 
That's awesome. My husband keeps telling me I need to clean it up for the judges. And I'm like, but it's real. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Cause they probably ask you like, you know, right. tons of things like that. Okay. <laughs> they do. <laughs> but it's okay. I'll that's awesome. It. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be fine. Yeah. People like the real, so that's okay. <laughs> So we're going to really dive into this more recent, your third birth, but real quick, give me like a recap, I guess you could say of your first two pregnancies and labor and deliveries. Sure. So, um, I'm kind of unique in a sense that I, uh, got pregnant pretty young, um, initially and didn't tell anybody was really scared because I'm a preacher's kid and wound up, um, finding out I had an ectopic. And because I didn't tell anybody, we waited to the absolute last like possible second. And, um, I was not with my husband at this time and, uh, I, I almost died. Oh, wow. Um, I was within so many hours, like four hours. I think they said I would have, would have bled out. Mm-hmm. So, um, I say that because I only have one ovary left because oh, wow. they had to go ahead and just remove that, like that whole side. So when, um, you know, we get married and we were very focused on career and one day he's like, you know, I don't want to wait too long to start our family. Cause we were both 30. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, well, can we start soon? And I'm like, can we just practice and like, not, <laughs> you know, leave the goalie in so to speak. And, um, so I went to my OB delightful woman in Charleston. And she said, just so you know, it could probably take you months and months to get pregnant. We'll probably have to track your cycle. You can probably only get pregnant every other month. Right. She said, but the asterisk is in occasional circumstances, the ovary will start working double and it'll mm-hmm. produce an egg for each side every month. And I went, Oh yeah, <laughs> we were pregnant in four weeks. Oh, that's amazing. And it was just crazy. So, um, gave birth to a beautiful baby boy. And that was a uh, more of a traditional hospital setting, like what you'd expect. We didn't know if he was going to be a boy or a girl. I was terrified of labor for so many reasons, but one of them was because my mom actually died delivering me and they had to bring her back. Like they had to pick which one of us to, to save in the moment. And it was really terrifying. And unfortunately she told me that as a young child. So I was always scared of what birth would look like, you know, um, looking back on it now, um, you know, I'm the reason we didn't want to find out the gender was so that I would have something to look forward to at the end of it, instead of, you know, all the nerves I was trying to channel, is it a boy or girl? And, you know, things like that. And I will never forget when they uh, put him on my chest, I was like, those are testicles. <laughs> I could see them right away. Cause you know, when little boys are born, they're pretty prominent in yes. their <laughs> build, but, um, it was a, it was a good experience. Um, we had gotten an epidural and I didn't know it didn't work all the way because it was my first. Mm -hmm. And, uh, then we go to have our second one. And the second one was great experience. We were living in Charlotte at the time. Um, the problem was the nurse didn't believe I was in labor because I bothered to do my hair and eyelashes first. Now, if you know me, this is normal, right? So I get there and I'm like, no, you don't understand. This is intense. Like I'm going to have this baby soon. And she's like, women don't look like you in labor. And that mean woman put me in a room by myself and came back like an hour later. In the meantime, I am calling my husband. I'm cussing my mother who was supposed to be driving up from South Carolina to watch my one and a half year old at this point, because yes, (laughs) we got pregnant while nursing the first one. Cause that's how it would happen for us. Yes. <laughs> she, my mom took the phone call, went, Oh, that's wonderful that your water broke, fell back asleep. 
So here, I'm she was not hospital. on her way. She was not on her way. And I'm in this hospital room by myself. They won't let my husband back there because he's got my other baby. Mm. And it was this hot mess. So finally I threatened, and this was so unladylike. I threatened to walk down the hallway naked if they didn't give me attention. And she checked me and went, did you know that your water's broken and you're seven and a half centimeters? And of course I went, no, I had no idea. You know, how did that ever happen? So they finally got me in a room and that was the best epidural I've ever had in my life. I don't know what they put in there, but they knew I needed something. And I remember delivering Aiden while laughing. Like it was, it was so good. Sometimes <laughs> I think if they, if they see you hurt and bad and they know you're really in the tough of it, they just dose you up real nice and good. Oh, oh yeah. He probably and saw the, you struggling and just, yeah. The nurse anesthetist, um, totally like winked at me. He's like, I gave you some extra good stuff. I think you need it. Um, and finally, let's see, it was five minutes before we had the baby. My mom got there to get my other baby. It was just, it, it was a story, but needless to say, uh, that was a good epidural yes. and a really good experience. Um, we were in one of the practices where there's quite a few doctors and it was just interesting that the doctor that wound up delivering us was not one I had ever met before, okay. which also happened with our first son. So the doctor that delivered us, uh, I had never met before either. And that's one thing that made our, this most recent experience so awesome was that we kind of had the same caregiver. Once we decided the route we were going, yeah. we really had the same caregiver the whole time. And it was amazing to know going into labor, she knew all my wants, all my dreams, all my hopes, and that I was going to have on fake eyelashes and do my hair. <laughs> like, you know, I so love it, was, it. it worked out well. Yes. That is so funny. My favorite part is when you said, if they don't give me attention, I'm going to walk down the hallway naked. <laughs> well, I figured that would get some attention. Yeah, it would. It would. They'd be like, um, this lady is crazy. Somebody needs to figure out what's going on, but it worked. You know, yeah, it worked. So I didn't have to, thank goodness. That would have been embarrassing. Yes. Okay. So your first two births were in the hospital with epidurals, kind of like you said, more of the, like what you'd expect conventional kind of route of birth, exactly. which is yes. fine and great. So now let's dive into this third, most recent, tell me about finding out you're pregnant with your daughter. Okay. So I know 2020 gave a hell of a whirlwind to a lot of people just being really, and that's probably putting it nicely. Right. Right. Um, so at the time I was an executive, had multiple restaurants I was running. I think I had 50 something and, um, COVID shut down our restaurants. And this all matters, I promise, because uh, I, I lost my job and we went completely bankrupt mm -hmm. with four hour notice on a Friday afternoon. Mm -hmm. And it was really hard and heavy because, of course, it was a decent income. I had, you know, we relied on that income mm -hmm. and I had really kind of wrapped up my identity in my business card. Mm -hmm. And that's just kind of what what I had done. I just kind of what I guess I thought I was supposed to do as a career woman, as I'm making air quotes, knowing no one will ever see me do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. But, I knew um, it. So then, you know, fast forward about, um, cause that was, I think April 19th. And so I get in this really big, like depressive funk. And, um, I was really blessed that the, our neighborhood, there's like 30 families that were a lot closer. So we wound up doing an outdoor Bible study. Cause of course we're all still trying to to distance. And I, my next door neighbor and I kind of joined our own little security pod. And, um, but we were doing this outdoor Bible study and, um, it was kind of about, 
faith. And I was like, I'm giving up. I'm so mad at God. I don't know why this is happening. I'm not meant to be a a stay-at-home mom. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And we knew the restaurant industry was shot for a while. Well, what do you know? Two weeks later, I woke up in the middle of the night at midnight and I just knew. Like, with both my kids, I knew it like two weeks in. I have no idea how. It was just a thing. So I remember going, oh, crap what am I going to do? This is not, I now don't have an income. This is yeah. not what I expected. So, um, a couple weeks later, cause I didn't tell anybody. And in the meantime, I ate sushi. I did a few other things totally because I refused to take a test because I didn't really want to know, but I knew. Right. right. And so, um, two weeks later, uh, no, four weeks later, I was like five weeks. Um, I had to make a doctor's appointment and I didn't want to tell my husband why, so, um, I made up some thing and went in and the doctor, which was my OB that had originally delivered or, um, you know, was scheduled to deliver my, yeah. my second son. Um, they were like, yes, you're definitely pregnant. I'm like, yay. So, um, I come home, I give him a shirt that says dad and it has like the exponential number three. So like dad to the power of three. And then I locked myself in the closet and I cried for like an hour and a half. And he's sitting outside the closet door. He's like, I am so excited. This is going to be the best experience ever. And I'm like, don't talk to me. And I'm bawling. (laughs) So it took a couple of weeks to get over this, right? Because it was a shock in the middle of not knowing who I was. So fast forward. COVID starts heating up and it's really affecting the hospital systems. And I am consider myself very healthy and fit. And for some reason, mask wearing causes me, I don't know if you want to call it panic attack and asthma attack. It's like, it all hits together, but I pass out. We're talking 45 seconds in and I had hit the ground and EMS is getting called. So I go to my doctor and I'm like, Hey, we've got to, you know, work on something for this because her practice was in a hospital. So you had to go through all the things and, you know, um, all the temperature checks, wearing a mask. And like, by the time I'd get to her thing, I'm like passed out, passed out during one of my appointments. Like it was intense. So she's like, I'm sorry. We like, I'm happy to let you pull down your mask once you're back here with me, but there's no way we can like get you through any of this other stuff. And I was like, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. And in the meantime, I had two sister-in-laws both deliver one in Vegas, one in Tennessee, and they both delivered at the beginning where you were still allowed to have your husband in the room. They weren't masking. It was like in April or May, you know? Um, and so Daniel and I are sitting down. I'm like, I don't know what the other options are. So I start looking around and I found a birthing center called natural beginnings. Mm-hmm. So started researching them met with them, interviewed them, did a tour of the facility. They were charming and they're still charming, but they were charming people. They had like almost a waiting room for the kids. So if I went into labor and my husband was traveling, they could kind of be occupied there. And lo and behold, I did a couple more weeks. I guess it was 16 weeks of my pregnancy. I transferred to them, did another 10 weeks of my pregnancy. And at week 26, they say, by the way, we have to do new masking rules. Now we got our hands slapped the other day. And I went, well, what the heck does that mean? And they said, pretty much you have to labor in the parking lot till you're about seven centimeters. Now keep in mind, I'm doing February girl. It's cold. All right. Mm -hmm. And I like to be warm anyway. And then they were like, um, we're going to have to limit how many people are in your room. There's a potential. You'll have to wear masks. We could have to COVID test. I'm like, I I can't play this game. Like I can't risk not knowing what will happen to me. If I go into labor, 
and you know, depending on the situation. So I called my doula. And at this point we had hired a doula. I never even knew what a doula was. I like thought it was just a funny word for granola people, you know, like I really <laughs> right. had, I had no clue. And so, um, we figured since we weren't going to spend the money on an epidural, uh, let's go ahead and buy a doula. Right. Cause once again, we don't know these things and I'm like, well, birth's probably going to suck. Let's at least have me a cheerleader in the corner <laughs> that like, I don't know, brings me wine or something. Cause you know, I don't know what to expect. So, um, and her name is Helen and she, uh, is the, I guess, owner founder of Aussie doulas. And I love her. She is just the most genuine, amazing human being. And she said, well, sweetheart, it's probably about time we start talking about this, um, midwife circle. I was like, what's a midwife. (laughs) And so she starts telling me these things and we go through, is it illegal in North Carolina? And what does that mean? And all these stigmas that are attached to midwifery and, and just the, how North Carolina treats it kind of, um, I hate to use the word illegally, but they, they don't recognize the midwives as being someone that should plan a birth in your home. Yes. Not the ones that are practicing at home, the ones in the hospital. Yes. But the ones that practicing at home, North Carolina, you're right. Does not recognize. Which I couldn't understand because when I started doing this research, uh, I'm like, I can go 45 minutes South and in South Carolina, this isn't a problem. So I was really struggling with that. Now I'm not a big researcher. And I was staying up every night till two and three in the morning, reading medical journals. Like I was checking out medical journals, buying um, subscriptions to all these different, uh, just different philosophies on, um, home births and things. And my husband was like, Sarah, I don't want to take this seriously. I, I want nothing to do with a home birth. It sounds terrible. It sounds like you're going to die. Like this is really scary. And he said, but I've never seen you research something so hard in your life. He said, if it means enough to you that you're really going to stay up and research it, He's like, I'm willing to look into it. And I was like, okay, I got at least, you know, a quarter of the way there. He's willing to hear me out. So then set up a a call with him and Helen and she talked him through some options. And then Helen introduced me to a couple Christian midwives and we were kind of feeling out who had the best personality and the best fit and uh, wound up really falling in love with this one particular woman. But what was funny is there were two women that I kind of had it narrowed down to. Well, lucky me. I wound up getting both of them the day of my birth That's because amazing. the other one wound up being able to assist me. So I, it, it was really the perfect scenario. And I had no idea this world even existed. Yes. So we hit it off and my husband didn't tell me he agreed to this birthing process. And then we're at a Christmas party and all of a sudden uh, we're laughing because the women were out like drinking bourbon by the fire pit. I mean, not me, of course, but the men were inside drinking wine in the kitchen. And we're like, this is kind of a reversed plan. <laughs> and I walk into the kitchen to tease the boys and um, they, my husband was telling them all about home birth and why it was such a good idea and how proud he was that we were doing it. I love it. <laughs> and I was like, so does this mean you approve of it? Like, can we go ahead and give her our deposit? Like, what the, <laughs> is this a thing now? So, um, at week, like, gosh, 28 or 30, I wound up getting on Stacy's calendar. She luckily had like one spot open, um, in February and I had both my boys at 37 weeks on the day. So we knew the like end of January, early February was most likely when I was going to uh, have the baby because I was due on the 15th. So I fast forward again, had the most amazing experience. She came to my house for all of my checkups. So it eliminated this fear of me having to wear a mask and having all these awkward things. Um, it wound up being the best of all worlds because I'm 
AMA in the medical yeah, system because I'm, you know, 38 now. <laughs> and uh, they had sent me to the really intense ultrasounds before I had transferred out of their care. So I already had all these good details, all this good information. Um, so she was really able to take over for my care without any concerns for her because she knew I was being given prenatal care. Right. You know, and- so- and yeah, tell me, tell me what made like the initial, cause I know, you know, your transition for, for a home birth and all that was really, you know, not, not being able to wear the masks and do the whole COVID thing. But, yeah. you know, prior to that, what was your main like point when you started thinking, I think I want to try like an unmedicated birth. Cause you had had the two prior epidurals mm-hmm. in the hospital. What made you kind of switch that mindset of thinking like, well, maybe I want to try an unmedicated birth this time. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think it really came down to when, when COVID started getting bigger and there were all these opinions. And of course, it's kind of like dancing with the stars. You watch one episode and you're suddenly an expert dancer, right? (laughs) And you have full right to judge those people that have been practicing. I felt that way about doctors (laughs) that, that particular month, because everyone read one article and suddenly they were the expert. And I never felt before, like I couldn't trust medicine. So I started doing a little bit of research into COVID and it wound me down this path of researching medicine and being pregnant. I'm like, okay, let's start researching some of these other things. And I had no idea how, and I think North Carolina was really high. I I had the stats written down somewhere, but I just had no idea how many women were being forced slash encouraged into C-sections. I had no idea how many uh, procedures were being, you know, scheduled in advance versus letting a mom decide to labor down and try to get that baby out naturally. Right. Um, so it's kind of like that intervention cascade almost that you wanted to yeah. avoid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and I didn't feel like, and then once I met Helen, it was solidified that right. I was going to do something on the natural side, whether it was through natural beginnings or a home birth, because at that point, she starts telling me these options. I didn't know were a thing. I didn't know I have an option of a vitamin K. I didn't know I had the option of rubbing the Vaseline stuff on their eyeballs. Like all these things that I had been told in my medical birthing classes, these are musts. They, they weren't. Not, it should have been is a, a must. choice. Yep. No. And I had no clue until that moment that as a parent, I had the right to make decisions for my children. And isn't that odd? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was, it's sad It because, is sad. because it's just like you're saying, you know, it's, and you want to trust, you know, your care providers and your physicians, your doctors, your midwives, whatever it may be. But I always tell people, and that's the whole reason why I started this podcast and why I'm so passionate about what I do being a doula and a labor and delivery nurse myself is I just want women to know their choices. I want them to be informed and then make choices based on information, not just based on, you know, what, what somebody tells them. Yeah, no, I agree a hundred percent. And it, it just is. And it, I consider myself a fairly educated person. I mean, not in a snobby way, but, you know, yeah. went to college, got a BS, did, you know, all these things, had multiple jobs in different industries. And I feel like this, in some ways, this weight was lifted off, lifted off me. In some ways, it's also a new burden because you're like, dang, do I got to apologize to my six and seven-year-old now for all the things that I didn't know? Right. But I felt like that was the first moment that I felt empowered as a mother. Mm-hmm. I felt like my blinders kind of came off. I said, wait a second, I can have an identity outside of corporate America. Wait a second. 
as a mother, I had a right to choose these things for my family. Wait a second. I can help other women. I can articulate these thoughts now. It just armed me with this whole new sense of empowerment of this is my family and I'll be damned if someone else tells me what I'm going to have to do. Right. Yeah. You know, so that really, the I'm kind of, I don't want to say I'm, I'm thankful that I have weird anxiety, asthma or whatever you want to call it, <laughs> but had it not been for that, we would have gone down the same road we right. always had, Right. you know, and, and so, so it's, not, the, it's like yeah. the original thing that spiraled you was the masks. But then once you started to kind of go down that route of like, okay, well, where are my other options to give birth without this? doors started to open blinders came yes. off and you realized, you know, I have so many more. It was like a whole new world of options. Like you said, you're like, I didn't even know, you know, a midwife, a doula home. What is any of this? Right. Like I, I genuinely, and I make the joke of my midwife all the time. She rolls her eyes and she's like, Oh my God, don't say that out loud. Cause we become friends. Right. Right. But I'm like, no, I just, I thought that was someone that had to wear like knee high socks with Birkenstocks or like just, Birkenstocks are like what yeah, you think of as a midwife. Yeah. I'm like, what is this? And of course she's this like feisty, fiery redhead. And it, anyway, we, we wound up having some really amazing conversations, amazing. but, but yeah, just the, for me, just knowing that there was options out there and then a little bit of this, well, dang, why did no one ever tell me before? you know, kind of fueled that as well. Um, Interestingly enough, jumping board just for a half a second, that's my platform as Mrs. North Carolina is if I, if I win, and even if I don't win, I'm, there's no reason I still can't help pursue making the education around what a home birth is and how you have to be, you know, pretty healthy. You still have to be a certain BMI and a certain age range. And like, you still have to be a a healthy candidate for home birth. You know, it's not like you guys take risks that you would ever risk the mama or the baby. Right. You know, and I just think there's so much misinformation out there Yeah, there about is. that. I think people hear the word home birth and they think like you're doing this alone at your house, which, which that's a thing. It's called, you know, unassisted or unattended home birth. But I think people hear the word home birth and then they know that it's, you know, for lack of better terms, illegal in North Carolina. And so right. they think they assume it's like some sketchy, like without yep. anybody with met, but these, these midwives who do it, they have, they, they are highly educated. They know exactly what they're doing. They are very skilled. They will, like you said, they will risk you out if they need to, you know, if they, if they think that anything mm-hmm. is abnormal about you or baby or puts either of you at a high risk, they will send you to a, a different care provider or transfer you to the hospital and labor too. If they think that something isn't perfectly in alignment, but Right. People don't, people do not understand it for sure. No. And, and it's interesting. Um, I didn't realize if you do it completely by yourself, it's called unassisted. Yes. Um, I, I, I'm one of those, I try not to speak to something until I've done it myself, because that's another thing 2020 taught me is man, until you are actually in someone's shoes, you have no freaking clue what you'll do. Right. Yes. Because if you had told me two years ago, I'd consider home birth, I would have laughed <laughs> and like and offered to drive you home. I'm like, you need some help girlfriend. Um, right. Let's dive into yes. you and going into labor in your birth story. So we knew we wanted a water birth if we could do it. And I say we, because my husband's pretty involved. Like he picked out the invitations for our wedding. He's that guy. Right. Yeah. Um, so we, we knew we had wanted a water birth and everyone that I had talked to between the midwife and the doulas and um, like the whole two friends total I had that decided to have natural delivery in a hospital were like, yeah, it pretty sucks. If you can at least labor in the water, it'll help you some. It just takes some pressure off your body. I was like, okay, that sounds cool. So, um, 
there was a back order and this is even before the straight was like you know blocked with the big ship but there was this back order so we barely got it in in time I was like 36 weeks when I got it in and my midwife said she would not deliver me a day before 37 weeks so we put on the calendar for 36 5 to blow up the pool test it make sure it was good and we're lucky that we have a pretty big closet so we blew it up left it inflated and rolled it into the closet like liner and all right yes and so then um there was, I, I, there was a couple of times I thought I might be going into labor because contractions would kick up, but then both times they were not really productive and they just kind of go away or, you know, you could sleep through them. It wasn't a big deal. Right. So, um, this particular morning, uh, I woke up at 2 AM and I knew today was the day. Okay. And I just, I knew it. And so I got up, I did my hair and my makeup, double glued my eyelashes. Cause girl, they were not falling off. I was going to be in water, right? I love how the hair and lashes and makeup are just key in your birth. <laughs> oh, for me, they're key. Like look good. Not, like why not? Yeah. And not, and not, and of course we were going to try to document it. So I'm like, I want these pictures later and I don't want to be all, you know, funky looking. Yes. Um, Cause I'm very fair skinned. I have blonde hair and I have blonde eyelashes. So if I don't have color on my face, I kind of look half sick or dead anyway. Right. So, um, got up, did my hair and makeup, left everyone else keep sleeping. Um, I put in an order on DoorDash and Postmates because DoorDash um, was going to bring duck donuts, but Postmates could deliver Starbucks faster. So I literally had uh, boxes of duck donuts delivered, a gallon of like um, the thing of Starbucks, but then also like my own, you know, whatever it was that I got that day. Fancy thing. Um, yeah. Crimberlace something, I'm sure. Um, and then we, um, husband, husband woke up around five and he walked in the bathroom and he sees all the bathroom lights on and that I'm like done up. And he went, oh, so I guess today's the day. How long do I have? And I went, <laughs> probably not too long. I'm like, I feel this kicking up. So we got the boys up, got them off to school. Luckily, the bus stop is um, like literally our driveway, which was super convenient. I'm glad I petitioned for that. <laughs> so I uh, got the boy. Uh, we're getting the boys ready. And 645, my water broke. And I went, oh, wow. okay, this is a thing. So I held it all together. I told the boys, we had been pretty blunt with them. We've always been kind of blunt with using the anatomically correct name for body parts and stuff anyway. So I was like, okay, boys, um, mommy's water broke. So the baby will definitely come today. Hopefully by the time you're home from school, um, but definitely <laughs> today. And they were like, oh, that's exciting. They're like, uh, are you in pain yet? And I'm like, it's coming. They're like, oh, well tell sissy not to hurt you too bad. Cause at this point we knew it was oh. a girl. I was like, that's sweet. Uh, Cause we had, you know, the two boys. And so, um, hugged them, kissed them, put them on the bus at seven 15. And then I went, oh, okay, now I can actually like, like feel into this pain yes. now. Cause I had really been holding it together. Right. So, um, I text my midwife and I said, Hey girl, uh, no pressure. Um, my water did break about 30 minutes ago. I did not get a chance to text you yet. Uh, contractions are kicking up pretty quick. And, um, and so she called me and she was like, I want to hear your voice. She said, I can normally tell within seconds how long I have based on someone's voice. And, um, we talked for a second and she's like, yeah, you're one of those that are faking it. I can't tell. She's like, I'm on my way. <laughs> so, uh, she got over to the house on her way. She called, uh, her other midwife that was going to come with her and, um, our doula. And so, um, I guess my midwife, my main midwife got here around 
8 a.m. And I was pacing back and forth upstairs and she's half laughing at me. She, you know, would occasionally check me and, uh, and when I say check me, she would really just check baby's um, heart rate. Um, it's funny. We went through this whole birth and never got like vaginally checked. So, but I just, I just, we just knew. Right. And she said, she, once again, she said she can look at someone and kind of tell, but we never had to check because we just knew. So anyway, I'm kind of walking up and down the hallway and she's like, you're an interesting laborer. And I'm like, oh yeah, how is that? Like (laughs) trying to calculate, like, so I don't yell at someone. Um, and she's like, I don't know. You're just trying really hard to hold it together, but it's working for you. So I did the whole ignore it and pretend like it wasn't happening, folded some clothes, like tried to sing to myself. Um, and around nine o'clock, they start filling up the birthing tub because the contractions were getting pretty intense. Like at this point, I'm, I'm barely talking. And when I am, I'm still trying to crack jokes because I'm just naturally kind of a goober, yeah. <laughs> but it was not really working well because <laughs> it just wasn't funny to me. Um, and so I put on, I had got an outfit just for the birthing pub. I know that shocks you after talking no, to me. So I had this cute little bikini top and this like wrap around swim skirt that didn't have like a bottom. And I put it on and suddenly I start getting really hot and I'm like, guys, I'm really hot. I think I might throw up, but I've got to look good. And they are like cracking up and they're like, well, take your skirt off. I'm like, no, I can't be naked. And they're like, are you kidding me? We're about to see a lot more of you than this. Like, come on. And I'm like, fine, but I'm only taking off my skirt. So, um, I took off my skirt (laughs) and I'm like staring in the tub and stay, uh, my, my midwife was like, why are you, uh, just standing there? I'm like, because I don't want to get in. And she's looking at me and she's like, okay, why don't you want to get in? I was like, because then it's real and I have to push and I'm terrified. And she was like, okay. But finally they just kind of got the best of me and the contractions did. And I still hadn't cried. I was still very like focused on trying to just breathe. And this ain't any Lamaze stuff like here in the hospital. This was more like pure bar kicked your butt and you're running a marathon and you're like dry heaving breathing, right? (laughs) So um, I'm standing there looking in the pool and finally I was like, okay, I've got to get in the tub because they kept saying, girl, if you just get in, it'll relax you, right? So this was 930 on the dot. I crawl in. And I kept saying, I don't know what my body's going to do. And they're like, well, why, without us telling you anything, just see naturally what it'll do first. I was like, okay. So I get on my knees and I kind of lean over the side of the tub, like with my arms kind of crossed, like over the side of it. Right. And that just felt like a good natural position. No one told me it's just what my body did. And suddenly I was like, oh, this is really intense. So I, I kind of was zoning in and out a little bit. I think I was just really focused on like, I don't know, breathing and, um, we didn't realize I was holding my breath so much and it would remind me to breathe. And I wound up without knowing how I got in this position. My husband was standing on one side of me, my doula standing on the other. And if you can imagine, like I'm leaning forward, but I have one arm wrapped around each of their thighs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm kind of, but I'm, I'm, so I'm kind of squeezing them. And I went, oh my gosh, I think I got to push. And they were like, okay, push. And I was like, oh, and my doula was like, okay, let me tell you something here, dear. You are not going to get this baby out sounding like a lady. This is not ladylike. This is not pretty. And she went to like wipe my face with the washcloth. And I was like, you can do my neck, but like, don't do my face. And she's like, okay, makeup. Sure. Yes. (laughs) I mean, I worked so hard on it. Right. 
I'm like, if I'm going to go through this, I'm going to look good. I'm going to make a name for myself in this process. <laughs> so I was like, okay, what do I do? And she's like, just, just yell. And she says, go primal. And I was like, primal. So I get this vision of Tarzan. Now I'm an actress on the side, right? So you don't tell me to do something and not expect me to go all out. So I grab onto their thighs. I give this one really big, like, and I let out this, like Tarzan, terrible (laughs) yell. I'm sure someone thought I was like murdering a gorilla. I mean, as loud as it was probably shook the walls. And that was my first like real push, right? Because the first one just didn't count. Okay. So then I was like, oh my God, that was awful. I can't do this again. This is a terrible idea. And um, one of the midwives was like, no, 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 you're good. I feel hair. That's a head. So I reached down hoping it would motivate me. Right. I reached down and I'm like, you lied to me. All I feel is plastic. And I'm like, I start crying. And she's like, girl shut up and go two inches to the left. That was my glove. And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. So I perked back up and I'm like, oh, that's a head with a ton of hair. So they were like, come on, give us another one. I'm like, okay. So I grabbed their thighs again and I do this other like Tarzan primal, like swinging through the tree ape sound. And all of a sudden they were like, that's the baby. And I flip over and I'm like, oh my God, that's a baby. And they got that part on video, which is hilarious. And then I looked at it and I was like, you know, that hurt, right? And they were like, yeah, yeah, we get the point. So technically two real pushes and one like puny girly, no sound push. Um, and then she was out and on me and this beautiful full head of hair, little girl. And I will tell you, it was the most, I did start bleeding out a little bit. So they got me out of the tub. Like a lot of times if everything's doing well, you can kind of stay in that tub and like savor that moment. But within seconds, I didn't even know what was going on. Cause you know, I just, you know, pushed a baby out, but, um, I got like two giant Pitocin, uh, shots in my thighs. They were getting me back on the bed. Um, so professional, so helpful. They immediately, um, like baby was doing great. They checked her. Someone was taking care of me. And then, then they're like, baby's fine. We just want to make sure Sarah's all good. Cause I'm totally coherent, but like got really cold all of a sudden and really shaky. So they went and put a ton of towels in the dryer and were like throwing hot towels on me, which like I said, I already like to be warm. So that was already my happy place. And like, I cannot tell you how recovering at home with like my husband and out all this crazy intervention of all these beeping sounds and these people I don't know and all these people running around like not only did I bond with her immediately and someone could say well maybe it's because it's a girl but I don't believe that I for me personally can't speak on behalf of anyone else I believe we bonded immediately as a family because there were no drugs in my system to work out no drugs in her system. We both looked at each other and just knew we were a little package. Yeah. Like it was just, we were so present. I've never been present at a birth. And even with both my boys, I remember it being days before I was kind of interested. Like I did what I was supposed to. It's like, you know, the good little Christian girl and hold your baby and oh, I'm such a happy mom, but it wasn't real for me. Like it, it took a while to get that in gear. And with her, it just happened like yeah. instinctually. Um, 
I think that environment, like just being at home and in that environment too, like it's already your safe zone. It's already somewhere where you're comfortable and you love to be. So I feel like when people get, people have the opportunity to birth in that environment, it's just so much more, you know, so much, so much more like that. Like you said, like you felt like you got to bond and, and, you know, I I've heard it said many times, both ways. I hear some people who, you know, people who experience both unmedicated and medicated birth, right. Um, I hear people say, you know, with my unmedicated birth, I just, I felt my contractions. I felt my birth. I felt so much more connected and so much more like present for it. And then I've also heard it on the flip side though, where people say, you know, no, with my epidural birth, I felt so much more present because with, with my unmedicated birth, I was out of control. I couldn't focus. I was so focused on what I was feeling that she came out. And all I could think about was the fact that the pain was over. Whereas with the epidural, so it, it's so different for, it's amazing just to hear how different it is for everybody. Right. Some people will say, you know, with their epidural, they felt so much more present at their birth. And some people will say unmedicated, they felt so much more present at their birth. Yeah. And I forget what the, is it oxy? Tocin is that what's technically released when like the ha- the happy hormone or yes. the love hormone or whatever um i remember like i remember it hurt you know those two actually real pushes <laughs> but i don't remember pain after that right like i know there was and i like two weeks after i mean i had probably pushed it a little too hard in the beginning and i wound up having like what kind of just felt like extreme period cramps and stuff but but other than that once she was out, I didn't experience pain that, that was distracting. So for me, I guess all those positive hormones just kind of finally came to light. And I'll tell you, what's interesting about that is I have struggled with anxiety and depression for years, um, highly medicated, like for, for what they need. And I will tell you, uh, we end up wound up, we wound up doing, um, uh, the placenta encapsulation, which once again was something I'd always totally made fun of. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to eat that. That's gross. Like I, I just had this vision of people like eating it raw and like, yeah, ew. Right. Not how it happens. <laughs> um, and I, I'm sure some do, and that's fine if they want to, but, um, but I have had no baby blues that I can recognize as that. And I think some of it's because I just, I started on those right away. I think the experience we had, and and now what's very interesting to me too, is my husband has become the biggest home birth advocate I had ever seen. Now he, he like thinks it's his mission to let men know that in this environment, they get taken care of because in a hospital, my husband's experience was always, he kind of gets pushed around, kind of gets forgotten about, gets pushed on the couch. They don't really let the dad involved until you're cutting the cord, which heaven to Betsy, I will never cut a cord again. Like I loved being able to lay there and actually wait until it was clear because she had gotten everything she needed out of that. Like to me, that was beautiful. Right. And, and then seeing the, the three strands that are inside it, like, it just seemed like this perfect picture. I'm like, oh my goodness, how amazing is God to just make our bodies to do this. Right. And so for, for my husband to have felt so important and empowered and also present in the moment, like that's the other thing. I mean, we had a, we had a fairly, we were at a good spot in our marriage before this happened, but we are at an exponentially better spot now. 
Right. You know, and it's just, it's kind of solidified the whole family. When the boys got off the bus that day, um, Daniel was outside with a little sign and he was like, your sister's here. And they ran upstairs and they got to hold her and kiss her. Then they immediately drove to Publix because the boys said, well, it's her birthday. And he said, yes, it is. And they said, well, you can't have a birthday without a birthday cake. Mm -hmm. So they brought her home this giant birthday cake, which of course I ate, (laughs) but, um, and, and let's also be real. There's something good about being able to door dash whatever you wanted. I think within the first three days, I had like McAllister's, Razoo's. Um, I think I had a, a multiple t- Chinese things. Um, <laughs> but I think that helped me recover too. Like I got to stay in my own bed. I could still read my kids a bedtime story. Yeah. I didn't miss their life. And so they had no jealousy towards her. Right. Because from the beginning, we kind of established that, no, it's a family thing. Right. So, um, yeah. And then the other cool thing was, of course, we didn't have to go anywhere for checkups after. Mm -hmm. So if I delivered at the birthing center, you go back at, I think, like 12 hours or 24 hours or something like that. And then again, at 72 and it was an hour from my house. Right. Well, I didn't even have to put a car seat in the car until she was like four weeks old. That's incredible. Because we did decide to go ahead and go to a, uh, our traditional pediatrician, which this was another thing I'll just warn moms about. If you've done traditional hospital births, your pediatrician expects that. And so when you show up and you have a baby with a home birth, they almost wouldn't agree to see me. The only reason they agreed to see me was because I had been going there for years with my other boys. That's ridiculous. And uh, it, I thought it was such a shame. And here the doctor was like, oh, really? Well, what was her? And, and I really liked the doctor, but she was like, well, what was her APGAR? I was like, actually her APGAR was 10-10. And the doctor goes, no one APGARs 10-10. I was like, okay, that's fine. So she like checked her over <laughs> and she like, she was looking at her and she was like, She's like, this is really strange. I've never seen such a healthy baby. I would not believe she was born at home. And I looked at the doctor and I was like, pardon me, you're the one in medicine, but being born at home doesn't mean she's not healthy. Like it's almost the opposite. But it's like what you, it's like what we touched on earlier. People don't understand. So they hear home birth and they're imagining something totally, totally different than what it actually is. The other thing that was really bizarre to me about this process is the two people that supported me the most, because when I started saying home birth, people thought I had lost my darn mind, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there were actually a few circles that kind of shunned me a little bit. And you know who the two most supportive people were? Were my dad and my husband's dad. And they're both older. My dad's in his mid seventies. And he was like, well, it's about that darn time. You got some sense knocked into you. All my half of the family was born in a barn. I was like, oh, thanks, <laughs> daddy. But, but to him, that was real, you know, right. and our bodies were meant to do it. So- I just, I thought that was interesting how, how even women that are in my same age range were like, yeah, not sure that's a good idea. Yes. Yes. And for anybody who does not know an APGAR score, as we're talking about that, I should probably explain it. It's just a scoring basically of like zero to 10 that scores a newborn at one minute and five minutes of a birth. And it it goes off of appearance, pulse, um, grimace, or like what we, we just consider reflexes activity or tone and then respiration. So it kind of like you score them based on their efforts. Um, and, and that's what an APGAR is. So it's just like a one minute and five minute quick check where you can look at a baby, give them kind of a number and a a quick almost assessment, but yes, that's, that's amazing. And you know, it is almost funny that like, those are the two people who are supportive of it because I feel like it goes one way or the other, you know, they're either like really like, if I told my, my parents or my grandma that I was doing a home birth, they would probably 
you know, die like it, on this right. because they're more like, oh my God, no, like it has to be in a hospital. That's so dangerous. Yada, yada, yada. But then, you know, there are some people from a little bit older too, who are the opposite where they're like, yeah, like that's, that's normal. Like that's what, you know, it's just, it always blows my mind that we consider home birth, like the outlier, like the abnormal thing to do. But when you look back on like history, yes, that's the normal thing to do. So it's just, I don't know that that's like a mind, that's like a whole, whole thing for another day, another podcast. Yeah, no, but it, it really was, it was interesting for us going through that process and just seeing how we were kind of treated by other people, yeah, you know, right. in the meantime. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know, it, we would do it again in a heartbeat. And I know the other thing my husband likes to tell um, other husbands or, you know, partners, if they're, if they're nervous or worried about it was that, you know, these women between all three of them had over 700 births. Oh, I believe it. Right. And they, they are so professional, but kind, like they really wanted to know me and what I wanted. And then we talked through all these things and, and they travel with medical equipment. Like her suitcases are bigger than what I would take for like, I mean, a really long trip. Right. (laughs) And it's oxygen and it's the meds you might need. And then, and every midwife too, if people aren't aware, you can find one that errors more on the side of medicine and one that errors more on the side of the herbal and, or they'll customize it, you know, for what you wanted. I was really quick to say, I'd rather have something closer to Tylenol than I would like your herb, right? (laughs) you know? And she wound up like, okay, well, let's, let's do more of the natural first, but I'll give you the strong natural. I'm like, okay, good. Um, but it just, it, there was so much I didn't know. And I would just encourage anybody. I I can't say it's right for everyone because it might not be, but if you're considering it, like dive into the research yourself and just know what, if it's right for you and your family. And I think you'll know pretty quick. Yes. Yes. I cannot agree more. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This was a lot of fun. You you cracked me up. (laughs) Might've been like one of the funniest, like most humor filled, we'll say birth stories ever, but seriously, it was great hearing from you. I love how passionate you clearly have became about home birth, you know, after having your other two births in the hospital with epidurals, and then now being able to experience a home birth, unmedicated, natural. It's just beautiful to hear kind of how that just how that just changed your perspective on birth in general. It, it's such a beautiful thing. And I just really appreciate you for coming on, taking your time to share your story. Yes. I hope I didn't go too long, but thank nope, you so much you did great. for the time. <laughs> I never, it. never too long <laughs> and good luck this weekend. Yes, I need it. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you for listening to another episode of What The Bump. Make sure to follow us over on Instagram at WhatTheBumpCLT. Check out our website, WhatTheBumpCLT.com. Make sure to leave a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or whatever platform you are listening on. And tune in every Monday at 9 a.m. for a new episode. Remember that this podcast is for educational purposes only. I will see you next week in the next episode.